and welcome to the Gemless Journey podcast. Now today is the last episode in the Fringe series. Don't worry though, series 5 will be returning in September. Now in this episode, I talked to the lovely Jim Daly, who's taking the show Football and Fatherhood to the Fringe Festival this year. Bit of a side note with this one, we had a bit of a technical issue during the recording. So we have part one that was recorded on one day, and then part two that was recorded today as I am doing this introduction right now. So without further ado, let me introduce to you Jim Daly. So hello Jim, welcome to the podcast. I guess you should start by introducing yourself to the listeners first. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's lovely to be here. My name is Jim Daly. I'm a well, a bit of a bit of everything. I'm a stand-up comedian. Uh, I'm also a podcast host uh, and a writer, um, and an online content creator as well. Um, and so I do a little bit of everything. Um, but I guess in in today's guys, I guess I am stand-up comedian because I'm here to talk about my Edinburgh show. But uh, I'm a bit of an all-rounder, I guess. Yeah, so that that is quite a quite a CV. So how did that journey into being an all rounder, like you say, all start? <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's funny. It's one of those things, isn't it? That actually, at, as things are progressing at the time, you don't really sort of notice it. But now I look back, I think, oh god, I do do a lot of things, and I have done a lot of things actually. So there's, uh, yeah, it's been a funny old journey. I, I, I came to comedy and performing quite late, actually, in my late twenties. And I had no experience of doing it and it wasn't in my family or anything like that. It was just, I guess, looking back, I'd always been interested in comedy, but I trained as a journalist and was desperate to be a journalist and went to university into journalism. And that was my path. And then in my late 20s, I started making funny uh, parody song videos and I'd send them to my friends and stuff on, on email back in the days before WhatsApp and stuff. And um, one of them said, oh, why don't you put them on YouTube? And I was like, oh I've heard of this YouTube thing oh yeah I should try that so I put a couple on there and they sort of did a bit okay I mean you know a couple of hundred views and stuff but people seemed to like them and I was like oh okay and then someone else said you should do these on stage so I thought oh I, I guess I could do it. again never really thought about it and so I found an open mic night in open mic night in London and first that first gig went horrendously bad it was so bad um, and I was playing a guitar I can't really play guitar I can play I sort of taught myself like five chords so I was playing a, very nervously shakily playing a guitar on stage and I wasn't very good and unfortunately the promoter and the first headline because I opened my night to the headliner before the halftime break so they can go and double up somewhere else and another one later on had a blazing row so that, and then the, the MC brought me on to the <laughs> the coldest room anyone's ever performed to um so it was a real learning curve um but I just yeah I, I've always been someone that's I think I'm sort of quite uh resilient almost and so I just thought well I'm just gonna keep doing this and see how it went and then as I've been doing stand-up the sort of the birth of social media and online content has been a thing and so I've been doing that as well and I just yeah I don't know I just I, I like to try my hand at things and I like to give things a go and then see where it takes me so yeah. I, I don't really have a sort of path or a journey i'm just mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm keen to get do as good at stand-up as possible but i'm just sort of seeing where things go but, but obviously these days there's there's so many avenues that you can try that so it's lucky for an all-rounder like me 
Yeah. No, that's funny because I actually study journalism as well. And I'm like, oh. yeah, this is a, so I sort of like started in the arts and then found journalism through the arts. Now I'm like, come back in to be more, more creative, but less journalism. So that, that's quite interesting to hear, hear your, your story. I, I'm kind of like yourself. I want to try like anything and everything and see what I like and what I, what I don't like. And I haven't got like you, I haven't got a set path. I just want to try bits and see where it takes me. <laughs> Yeah, I you know I think there's a beauty in that, and and you know I think we are different generations now. My dad's generation was very much you you studied your course, you went to you know he was chartered accountant, he did that for forty years and he retired, and that's great. But I think our generation now it has the opportunities to try different things, and yeah. I've had so many jobs. I was a journalist for a bit, and I was then I was a, a soccer coach in America for a little bit, wow. came back, and then I was a football writer for a bit, and now I'm a comedian. And, and who knows where I'll be in in ten years? I um I like doing podcasting. I love. I'm terrible at it, but I really enjoy acting. So I'm I'm thinking about maybe sort of training and that, or try. You know, just I just I I love I love the idea of possibilities and opportunities, and I'm never going to be someone I think that has one particular thing or even maybe one particular strength. I think I'm a, a 6.5 and a 7 out of 10 maybe in everything rather than like a 9 or a 10 in one thing. But, you know, that serves me. That, that suits my personality. And as I said, I think the idea of opportunities and possibilities really, really excites me. And that that almost more than doing one career, making loads of money, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I have invited you on my podcast today to talk about your new show that's going to the Fringe Festival, Jim Daly Football and Fatherhood. Can you tell us more about that and the inspiration behind it? Yeah, definitely. So it's a show about, well, firstly, it's literally a show about football and fatherhood because (laughs) I decided if you're a famous actor off the TV, you can do a lovely punny name a show title on your name like Joe Lysett does brilliantly and Glenn Moore you can do that and that's great if you're someone like me who's not famous you I think you have to tell people literally what the show is Mm -hmm. so that they can see the poster and think oh I'm a parent or I like football and hopefully that will bring them in thankfully what I've tried to do with this show um, one of the things I like about it is it's not just for football people and it's not just for for parents it is a show about self-confidence it's a show about feeling like a fraud and it's a show about finding inspiration uh, in the strangest of places my inspiration came from a former professional footballer called Tony Cascarino who was not a good player not a good husband and not a good dad but I explained in the show how he became my weird sort of parenting role model but the overarching theme is about finding self-belief and and trying to basically realizing that you are doing a great job already and I think I think I think actually there's wider kind of interest in that because I think at the moment with certainly from post-pandemic but in general I think a lot of us struggle with that idea of imposter syndrome and and struggling to find self-belief and Mm. whatever you do whether you are a parent and and and, you know the show's about my two and a half year old daughter and a lot of those feelings come along at that moment but whether you are a professional footballer as Tony talks about in his book and I talk about in the show or if you are someone in the arts or you if, if you are a train driver we all have these feelings that come up so i'm hoping that my show resonates with just about everybody uh and it's a it's a warm show it's a um gentle show someone wants to describe my comedy as gentle comedy and, and i don't know if they meant it as a compliment but i decided to take it as one because it is it is and that's me as a person so it's a gentle show there's no swearing in it it's um it's warm it's uplifting um 
and it's got nice messages throughout it. So it, it's, I've been trying to bill it um, and I'm doing a lot of marketing and, and thank you so much for having me on today because this is another form of marketing for the show cool. that, that this year there will be, you know, it's been a really tough couple of years and there's going to be a lot of really, really great shows tackling some heavy subjects this year by incredibly skilled comedians weaving their way through those subjects and making them very funny. Um, but for every show that you see looks like that, I think you need to then come and see a show like mine that's a light hour and gentle. And and so you get a bit of yin and yang of, of, of your um, fringe experience. So yeah. that's how I'm sort of promoting it uh, this year. And, and also it's my first, my debut show. It's my first ever solo show. And I'm just loving performing it. I just really, really enjoy it. It's about something that I love, which is my daughter and, and football. I really enjoy being up there. And so if anything, even if I don't get huge crowds this year, I know I'm going to enjoy doing it. And I hope that the audiences will will resonate and see me doing that as well. So is this your first time at the Fringe Festival as well, Jim? No, it's my th- it's my third time performing. So right. I've been up twice before, once in 2015. Uh, so I've been up a few times before that just to, to watch to watch stuff, mm-hmm. um, which is which is always a great you know always a great time. Then in 2015, I did a, a shared hour with my then girlfriend, now wife. Oh. So the show went fine, <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> and it was our first time actually living together. We only did a 10 or 11 day run, but it was our, quite early on in our relationship, and so it was first time living together. And we thought, well, do you know what? If we can survive doing a show at the Fringe together and living <laughs> together, we're going to be fine. Um, I love that. Yeah, and it worked out great. And it was called That Silly Show, and it was just us both being silly. And, and actually, actually, what we'd done accidentally was we'd pitched it as a kid's show. And it, and it wasn't a kid's show. And it wasn't a raunchy or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a kid's show. And in fact, we were actually in a venue, Jekyll and Hyde, which I don't think is there anymore, um, which was over 18s because the bar was right on the way in, so they didn't have the license for under 18s. But on the flyer, I was dressed in a tiger onesie and she was dressed in a tutu. And, it, and of course, we look back and we're like, of course it looks like a kid's show. And we had kids and parents turning up every day. They would turn, we had to turn away. And we were so apologetic. Oh, no. One day we had a teacher and 35 students turn up and it would have packed out the venue. Had to turn them away, perform to three people after that. So that was a real learning curve um, about the fringe. But it was a great experience. And then I came up to, uh, four years later after that in 2019 and did a football-themed show with one of my best mates, Dave Bibby, who is a fringe veteran and one of the nicest guys ever. He was doing a solo show at the time. And then, and again, it's a short run. We did about 10 days of our football show. <laughs> it was another learning curve. It was called uh, Jim and Dave Have Lost the Dressing Room, which, as it turns out, it's not a memorable title. It's too wordy. <laughs> People were like, Jim and Dave, what's the show about? We're like, oh, okay, it's about football. Um, but that was great fun as well. And each time I did those shared shows, I just... I really wanted to do my solo show. And in fact, that year watching Dave was the inspiration for me to, to do it myself. But I just wanted to make sure I had, I really had a good show. And so, rather than doing a show for the sake of it, mm-hmm. because obviously it's expensive and yeah. it's, you know, it's a lot of time and a lot of effort, mm-hmm. but I wanted it to be a show that I'm proud of and something that really mattered to me. And then my daughter was born a month later after that 2019 run. And it just set, set the wheels in motion for this show. So I feel like I've sort of come to this point quite organically, I think. Um, and when, you know, a lot of acts go up and they do their first solo show after two or three years on the circuit. And that's great and more power to them. I just wasn't ready. You know, I'm 10 years in now to doing stand up, but that's my journey. And, and, and now I'm ready to do it. And uh, I'm in the place that I'm in. So that's how I sort of roundabout come to where I am. 
Yeah. So I'm always interested when I'm doing these podcasts to find out about your creative process. So when you write a show such as, you know, Football and Fatherhood, how do you start writing? Do you just, you know, sit and watching football or such more TV and you're writing down notes or do you have to sort of take yourself away into an office and just, you know, dedicate an hour or so or more to, to write it? How What's your creative process like? So, so yeah, so I'd basically sit down and watch football. And my wife would say, you're watching your fourth game today. And I'm like, Miranda, it's research for the show. I have to do it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that didn't last very long. Um, <laughs> to be honest, it's been, it's, 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 um, I'm not very disciplined at sitting down and, and writing. In fact, today I've been sort of um, rehearsing on my own in, in my office. And I do find that quite difficult. Mm. I, I get distracted easily and I'm always sort of thinking about other things, but so this show really was a lot of ideas when I realized I wanted to do it I was already already doing quite a bit of in my stand-up set about my daughter and I had a few ideas for a couple of songs and stuff but it was more just like I let it sort of happen organically so I'd write these bits down and then I'd come back to it and think oh I can add that on and then eventually I realized I had about an hour's material and so I sat down and tried to structure it and actually it was my wife who we were walking uh, taking Maria, our daughter, for a walk, and I was chatting about it, and she said, "You should structure it like a football, a game, like a football match." What was nice was that when I did my first preview, um, and I'd never done a solo show before, uh, I'd have I'd been working on it for a bit anyway because I was going to take it to Edinburgh a year before, so I had this show together. But obviously, you don't know when you first do a show whether it's going to work or whatever, and that first preview in Brighton it all just came together I remember at the end of the show thinking I've got a show here and it was such a nice moment a real sort of like confidence booster so I've been able to sort of work on that over the next year and a bit which has been really nice but it was you know I thought I'd have it'd be a shambles and I'd have notes all over the place but actually I sort of somehow cobbled a show together quite early so that's left me in a very sort of confident place for the rest of the show and been able to tweak it in the last year or so and work on it. And I've done a lot of work on it over the last couple of weeks as well before Edinburgh kicks off. So, uh, yeah, it's been a fun process, uh, creative process going through that. I've learned a lot about myself, not learned about structuring an hour, um, but it's been loads of fun. And I love performing it at the end of the day. I just love doing the show. Wow. So obviously this show is about football. So what is it that you love about football? And where do you think that love actually came from? Well, I can tell you the exact moment. It came from my dad telling me that I had to be a Crystal Palace fan when I was six and I had no choice. So that was <laughs> it. Um, actually, my actual uh, that's my love of Crystal Palace. My actual love of football come, stems out of jealousy because my brother, who's two and a half years younger than me, was naturally a very good footballer. And he started playing for our primary school. And everyone was like, oh, my God, this kid's amazing. And I was like, well, hang on, what about me? So I started playing and realized I wasn't as good technically, but I had a lot of sort of guts and a lot of... Um, work ethics I just worked really hard at playing football and then realized I loved the game itself and then started to go and watch Palace with my dad and it all sort of fell into place but essentially and this comes up in the show quite a lot football to me is about family every time I think about Crystal Palace I think about my dad I think about my brother I think about my sister I think about my mum even though she doesn't come to games and she's been to two games in her entire life both of them unbelievably important games that still didn't want to come to anymore it's such an important intrinsic part of family for me and that's why I want my daughter to get into football as well because it's brought me and my dad so close together and I, I, I want it to do the same for me and my daughter so it's really stemmed out of a love of of family and it, and it still is and I still go to Palace now with my dad and we sit in the main stand and we catch up and I see him every few weeks and it's just for me it's a lovely part of bringing people together and that is a the theme of the show as well that you don't even really have to be a football fan or even a parent to, in, to enjoy the show because a lot of it's about 
together togetherness and family but also about self-belief you know and finding inspiration for whatever is whatever ails you or is holding you back um so i'm hoping that even people that maybe come with a mate who's a football fan but they're not will still take away a lot from the show and enjoy it even if they don't understand football and none of the jokes are too footbally niche you know to not understand <laughs> and i appreciate obviously you know, your daughter is only two years old but are they showing any signs of, of loving football at all <laughs> Yes, I think possibly because daddy loves it. So I think <laughs> yeah. it's linked to sort of daddy likes it, I like it. But uh, I take her to football classes on a Saturday morning <sighs> and she really enjoys it. Made a few friends there, of which I've now become friends with their dad. So that's mm-hmm. really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kick around in the garden quite a lot as well. So I'm hoping when she's old enough to go to a game, because I think I do think two is a bit young, but maybe when she's sort of five, six, maybe, and she can actually sit through a 90 minutes of a game <laughs> and with palace you do have to sit through 90 minutes sometimes it's not the most entertaining um then you know that would be lovely if i can take her to a game and um we're not too far from from we live in cheshire and buckinghamshire um watford ladies play quite close by and i know one of the players there so hopefully when she's a bit older i can take her to watford ladies and palace is a bit of a trek so you know she might end up being a watford fan who knows but if she likes football that's all i care about but yeah. uh, the lobbying to be a palace fan has begun early doors <laughs> And, you know, at the time of recording, you know, everyone will remember, you know, that day when England from the note won. I think everyone watched that, not just girls, you know, any young person who wants to play football, watching that game the other day, you know, that's surely got to be a catalyst of everyone to inspire people to go and play football. Absolutely. I mean, what a beautiful moment that was. What a journey that team have had. and. Talk about inspiring the country. I mean, the the attendance was a record attendance for any Euros game, male or female. I mean, talk, yeah, talk about the country getting behind the team. They are an incredible bunch of of young women. The lead, the captain, Leah, Willim- Leah Williamson in particular, is an incredible individual. I just think she's such such a leader. But they have real characters in that team, um, and they've just got unbelievable talent as well. So I really hope. And I think it will be, this is going to be a real sort of defining moment for women's football in this country and for football in general. As you say, it was, it was daughters, it was dads, it was mums, it was brothers. Everyone was there. I went to um, a women's FA Cup final a couple of years ago mm-hmm. for Yahoo. It was West Ham v Man City. And I did a little sort of vloggy mo- thing of the day for the show. The show actually got cancelled the next week, so it never went out, unfortunately. But I had a great time. And what was lovely was I sat with some West Ham fans and West, West Ham fans, they're all a bit, in the men's game, they're known as being a bit, you know, where's West Ham, mate? They're a bit serious. And so I was slightly a bit like, oh, what are these? I hope these blokes don't sort of let themselves down. And there was one guy with his daughter, and he was moaning like he was watching the men's game. Oh, well, the thing about her is she's brilliant in left back, but she's much better when she plays in central midfield. And the thing about her is actually she's better off the bench for 15 minutes. I was like, oh, my God, this guy is as invested in this women's game as he is West Ham men's game on a Saturday. And it was such a lovely moment. He was there with his daughter. And it was a really, really beautiful moment to watch that unfold. And actually, that anybody can get behind the women's football at the moment. So, yeah, it's been, a, yeah, the last week has been an absolutely beautiful time for any football fan in this country. Definitely. I'm a Newcastle United fan. You know, me and my dad, we've got season tickets. We, we always go to the, the men's game. And after watching all, not just the England match, but all of the women's football games throughout the, the season, I'm thinking, why haven't I not been to an Newcastle United women's game? Yeah. I've never been to a game. And I'm like, I need to go and support them now, as well as the, the men. So hopefully having this platform, you know, like the TV, hopefully it should, you know, encourage people like myself to go yeah. and support the, the other other women's teams that are in their, in their area. 
that absolutely the women's game still has a long way to go. A lot of them are, are, are paid appallingly compared to the to, compared to the men's players. But if more people go and watch them, then more revenue is generated through ticket sales. More interested is it more interested than generated through sponsors and stuff. The game gets bigger. They get paid more money. The quality gets better, and everyone has a great time. And yeah. I just think, yeah, now is the time. You're absolutely right. And I'm the same. I don't get to watch Palace ladies at all because they play down in Bromley in South London, so it's a long way from me. But I should go and watch Watford ladies and support support them. And and yeah, now is absolutely you're absolutely right. Now is the time to to uh, to pop along. It's it's cheaper to watch. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, go. I'm, I'm completely with you, and I'm going to definitely go and watch. I'll take Maria to Watford ladies, but she can be a Watford fan. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can embrace that. I don't mind Watford. They're okay. <laughs> So now is the time to promote yourselves. So if people are, are listening now and thinking, right, I want to go and see Jim at, at the Fringe Festival. Where can people go? Where are you at the Fringe? Where can people find out more about you? This is your slot to promote yourself. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so I'm on at 4.30pm every day at the Grass Market Centre, the Just Atonic Grass Market Centre. My room is called Just a Meeting Room, but if you go to the Grass Market Centre, it's, it's very well signposted. Um, it's a pay-what-you-want show, so you can pre-book a ticket for a fiver right now on edfringe.com um or you can turn up for nothing and pay what you want at the end be that a couple of quid in the bucket or i'm going to have an eyes at all thing all communities now have the eyes at all card tapping thing um so if you don't have change if you're cashless post-covid which you know i basically am um then i, I will preload it with a fiver and you can tap it you don't have to have to make eye contact with me on the way out you can just tap it and go um so that's the that's how much it costs and where it is the timing's nice i think because it's uh, for someone that my sort of level of fame i guess uh, i'm not a tv act so tv acts are all in the evening so if you've had your lunch, a late lunch, pop along and see my show and then you gear yourself up to go and see a TV act in the evening. And, and where I'm pitching my show, and I can't remember if I said this in part one because without giving too much away, Gemma, to uh, behind the scenes, we had a break in between part one and part two of this pod, thanks to my internet <laughs> being absolutely appalling, um, is that it's a very gentle show. So there's no swearing in my show. There's no uh, Mickey taking out the front row. It's gentle comedy. There's no ranting. There's no political stuff. It's very gentle because that's that's who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's I'm, I've made the show try and match my personality as much as possible. So it's very gentle. Um, so if you like gentle comedy, there's going to be a lot of heavy stuff this year at the Fringe, quite rightly, and big top topics being tackled. But if you want a bit of gentle comedy, some very silly, very silly gentle comedy. There's a couple of very silly songs in there. There's a couple of silly stories. You know, come along and see my show. It will leave you feeling uplifted. It will leave you feeling happy. Uh, and then you're ready to go out into the night and go and watch, have dinner and watch your TV act as well. So if anybody's up and they've got spare hour at 4.30, come along and see me. Whether you're into football, whether you're a parent or neither, I think you'll enjoy the show. So I'd love to see you there. Fantastic. And I'll put all of the show notes and all the links in the podcast as well so anyone can get the information there as well. So thank you again, Jim, for being on part two and part one of this uh, <laughs> funny podcast. We made today. it happen. We did. We did eventually. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to series four of Gemma's Journey podcast. If you liked this podcast, then please do share with your friends. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the episodes. And of course, if you do want more, then I'm Gemma's Journey on my blog on WordPress. So please do check that out.